Hello, welcome to Tell Me More, Tell Me More, the podcast. I'm your host, Leah. And I'm your host, Adesia. And this is a movie musical podcast where we watch a movie musical and then we talk about it. We are in Britpop August, closing off with another iconic British group, S Club 7, Seeing Double. <laughs> Let's get it. Do you have any history? <laughs> this movie s club whatever i have a history with s club i knew that they used to have a tv show i used to watch that tv show (laughs) um Mm -hmm. so it 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 was kind of my introduction into like people playing characters that are themselves kind of a thing because we know they weren't actually the characters that they were portraying represented on the tv show but it was funny it was cute um and i think i've seen i'm pretty sure i saw the movie during that time when i was like a fan of them but i don't fully i didn't fully remember it and then even watching it again like i remembered parts of the plot in that there's clones but that's about it (laughs) But yeah, no, I did like S Club 7. <laughs> How about you? Uh, same. I remember, I, I don't know if I could ever recall any scene ever with S Club in it. If I'm being honest, like I don't like at the top of my brain know a scene that I can pull out and be like, this wasn't an S Club thing. Um, I did watch the shows or like it was the show, but they kept moving um and i didn't remember any of it and like a couple of years ago i was watching a cup like teen musical shows for stupid reasons and i couldn't get any further than like the first or second episode of the first one like miami seven because their budget was mm-hmm. truly one cigarette and a pack of gum it was <laughs> not <laughs> moneyed if yeah and so (laughs) i was a little bit shocked by that if i'm gonna be honest um but i have seen this movie i don't i don't really remember it that much as well with the 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 clone thing i was like yes that i know but also it's in the synopsis so like (laughs) you know um it's in the trailer and yeah i don't know i enjoy them i really like their music uh I looked them up, like, as I was watching, I was, like, looking them up, and I'm like, what are they up to? And, like, Joe just released music this year, and Tina released music last year. Uh, John is on the West End, or has been on the West End several times, and Rachel has been on TV several times as herself. Um... Don't know what Hannah was doing, can't remember, and I can't remember what Bradley was doing. So that is the 411. Um, but yeah, I like, I don't know. This movie was fine. <laughs> it was also produced and written by the same people <laughs> as Spice World. So, like, my expectations truly were in the center of the Earth's core. So, yeah. 
Are you having to? I. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just. Because it's S Club 7, but there were only six, six members in the film. <laughs> yeah. And so it just sent me back to like the moment in the TV show when like Paul left mm-hmm. the band. What, what was it during Hollywood 7 or something? I don't know. But like it was a whole thing. Yeah. And so I was like, what happened to Paul? Anyway, movie. Um, so this movie came out in 2003. Um, I think you mentioned already that it's kind of tied to the Spice Girls movie because of... Kim and Simon Fuller. <laughs> but I, I, I just... They they did... They improved. Because <laughs> there was... There was a... I could follow a through line... <laughs> top to bottom it was understandable so we open um, this movie with like it it's set up as a comedy but it's also set up as like intrigue kind of a thing so we have this huge castle don't know where at the time but seems to be like deep in the heart of this castle there is this guy <laughs> who has these tube human sized tube chambers and he's like you can hear like the S Club 7 playing in the background yeah. and he's like I don't remember specifically what he says it's like akin to arise my pretties you know um, right. and then he just starts chanting S Club S and it morphs into the fan chants for the S Club um, as they're like performing in Spain. We love a Barcelona moment. It's where all the bands go. Ask the Cheetah Girls. Yeah, so we love a moment where we're just in <laughs> Barcelona. So the S Club Seven are currently on tour. Um, they're doing interviews. They're going back and forth you just see this kind of like brief quick succession montage of them going to this place and this place and doing this interview and and taking these photos and then they're in like their uh, hotel room it's really big um, with their manager who is their their manager Alistair who's telling them about the flight that they have to go on for their next set of uh, show dates and all these things that, that when they want to take a break, which is a similar thing in, to the Spice Girls thing. I was, I was Girls. about to say that, yeah. Really? I was about to be like, they, <laughs> they come to the realization that they're overworked, kind of like the Spice Girls do. <laughs> yeah. Alistair is uh, very much not uh, interested in them having a break right now. He says something which is so true. And like now watching the film like all these years later is come about because he's like soon enough uh, they won't be knocking at your door and you won't be selling records and you won't and I'm just like yeah that is true because <laughs> we had you had to look up what the members of the S Club Seven yeah. were doing like no one it's not so like they had their moment and then it just went away so he's fucking very much 
he spoken facts there. Um, <laughs> but at the time, it just comes off a little like, yeah, eventually, whatever. Um, but they're at the peak of fame right then, yeah. and they just want a vacation. Alistair just tells them that they're going to be on a flight to California for the next shows um, the next day, 7 a.m. in the morning. So after he leaves their room, he ends up getting dropped kicked by by um by this like model looking evil assistant. Yeah, of it's so the weird, right? Guy who was so she like the approaches as like this like sexy spy lady, and before like even touching him, she does a bunch of like you know poses like like martial art esque yeah. poses. And all you hear is like, as she's moving, because it's like a bunch of like whipping sounds. Okay. And then she like just hits him. And I'm like, what was all of that for, ma'am? But okay. So he's on the floor. More um, spies come out and cart him away, essentially. One of them has to pick up like her fur coat off the ground. Um, But. Alistair is now abducted and of course the the gang doesn't know they're all just sleeping in their hotel room so when they when Hannah wakes up the next morning she goes she runs into like the center room the living room and just starts screaming and then there's just a cascade of the rest of the group trying to get up as and falling over each other um as they just kind of meander their way into trying to figure out what's happening. And finally, when she stops yelling, she tells them that they have missed their flight and Alistair is going to kill them. Um, And they all realize, oh no, they're in so much trouble. But when they go down to reception, Alistair apparently has checked out. He hasn't left anything. Uh, no notes, no information for them. He's just gone and left them. And they have to pay the 2,000 euro bill. Um, but they have no money, apparently. So they do have a credit card. They go... Yeah, but th- that's the thing. So they go... They, they're all sitting around trying to figure out what why Alistair's done this. Is he trying to like punish them or teach them a lesson or play a prank on them? Like they're going through all these scenarios. And Rachel finds a credit card. And rather than paying the bill <laughs> that they have to deal with with the credit card, they're just like, Oh, we have money now. We're not broke. So they're like, Oh, Alistair's done this to like I mean, we got what we wanted, which is a vacation. So, like, this is our day off. So we'll just spend and he'll be back. It'll be fine, they assume. So some of them go shopping, a museum, get, like, uh, spa treatments, whatever, what have you. And then they're eating. <laughs> and they've spent all this money that they the, the waitress comes and cuts the credit card in half in front of them. Yeah, which is, like, a trope that I bankrupt. still don't There's... understand. Like, like, why would that be necessary? I think, like, you know what I mean? Like, to cut up someone's credit card just because mm-hmm. it's, over like, overrun. Like, worst case scenario, they go, go to the bank and pay the money that they are over 
you know, overdrafted. Why are you cutting their card? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's just like I know it's symbolic, but like the still. easiest visual <laughs> representation of <laughs> No, I I I fully agree with you. Um but yeah. Hannah then starts to have a panic attack because they're they're officially out of money. They have once they paid for their meal, they have two euro left. Um and she starts hyperventilating and everyone's like you're fine it's fine we're gonna figure something out and she's like no i'm hallucinating because i think i see us on tv it is them performing and it but it says they're live they're they're confused trying to figure out when this was filmed because i guess they don't remember wearing those outfits but it says it's live and it can't be live but it is um and it's so strange because when they ask the the bartender whose TV they're watching themselves on what what it is, they're like, it's live in California. And he apparently likes S Club 7, mm-hmm. um, but he doesn't recognize them in front of him. <laughs> so it's probably one of those. I, I don't know. It's probably because he's set on like what he's watching is S Club 7. So these are just some random white people mm-hmm. and one black dude. Like <laughs> these are just some random, <laughs> some random like early twenties people that are hot, and it's just like okay. So after they um, realize that they're on TV and not themselves, um, and I think they also like get a glimpse of Alistair from the television as well. Um, so they realize he's in on it this is a ploy he's replaced them with lookalikes for some reason so now they've got to get to to california they've got to find him and figure out what's happening and then fire him i think is what they said they wanted to do because this is too much if it was just a haha prank then it would be fine but it's their money also they now have to get out of the hotel because they don't have any money um but they can't take their luggage out because they have it checked out <laughs> so if they have it checked out then they're gonna know and they'll continue to rack up this bill so they try to sneak out by saying they're going for a walk having like lowered their suitcases down with bed sheets and they think they've gotten away but the concierge appears with the police behind him in a B formation um, to let them know that they have not gotten away and they get arrested by the police. At the station, when they're getting like their picture taken, they're goofing around as usual, but they get accused of impersonating S Club 7, but they are the S Club 7. Yeah. So it it doesn't go anywhere. They still end up in a cell. Um, and they eventually, through talking through some of the other prisoners, find out that the warden likes to dance. So magically, mystically, the barrels that the prisoners have in the cell turn into a DJ booth so they can sing Don't Stop Moving. Don't stop um, moving. Can you feel the music? DJ's got us going around, round. Don't stop 
Ah, <laughs> uh, such a good song. Fun times. Also, they're making wine in that jail. <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably like a punishment. You know how they would have like people go out and like work in the field. Yeah. As part of their punishment, you know that whole part where slavery still exists in prisons. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> through the art of distraction um, and music and dance, they manage to get the keys, get out of their cell, and they flee from prison. So now they're fugitives. They manage to locate Natalie, who is in charge of all of their flight plan things and tickets and all of that stuff and she's so confused because you're not meant to be here you're in america (laughs) so what is going on she ends up helping them get to the airport she gives them tickets and everything they need the police are looking for the s club but they disguise themselves as english football fans um to get through the initial check and then I don't know why that would work because I'm pretty sure their passports have their yeah. names in them. Yeah. So when they went to check in, mm-hmm. but you know, it's fine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the checkpoint doesn't stop at the entrance of yeah, the, there of the are multiple. But... There are multiple. <laughs> <laughs> there are multiple times in which a, is... you have to produce your passport. And like to get your ticket, yeah. to get through like security check before you can board the plane as well. Like there's like th- at the very least three times at which your your passport is checked, and it's like I don't know how y'all worked that out, but okay, go off. Also, their faces are painted. They can't do that. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> they'd be confronted about that like no CD if we can't see your face you can't board the plane I mean I've seen people go through with face paint but it's not as large right. as that like maybe like paint on their cheeks yeah. or like on their forehead but this is like they are full in full face, face. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway their plane does a loop the loop and they end up in America they are trying to come up with a plan because they now believe that Alistair is has concocted this grand scheme to like replace them permanently, maybe with like their lookalike versions, <laughs> and they manage to get close enough um, to see their doubles. I think they get preliminary kick preliminarily kicked out um early on because uh tina went and like tried to grab the microphone uh while they were performing (laughs) but you can we we get a scene where the crowd is all around waiting for the s club to exit and we see them in their color-coded jumpsuits and matching sunglasses they all march single file into this bus and the S Club's commentary is like, I can't believe they didn't stop for like a single fan. Like, this isn't 
like to give them an autograph or anything. And then Alistair is behind them on the phone. Um, forgot to neglected to mention this. Alistair is a clone. Oh right, he's a clone. <laughs> um. Yes, remember when he was hit, like dragged away? Yes, that was for a purpose. <laughs> it was to replace him. Yeah. So he the 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 clone the actual Alistair is being kept in that uh, castle place um, with the mad scientists and the drop kicking assistant, while clone Alistair is in charge of the clone S Club Seven. Um, Hannah proposes they might be robots, potbots, uh, so, or twins that they didn't know they had at birth. Um, <laughs> right. Because all of you would have. But... See, all of you. Just like logically speaking, I don't know why that was a good an option. Like all of you had a twin that you were separated from. All of you? <laughs> okay. They 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 have to again come up with another plan. They're gonna follow. They follow the bus to where the S Club lookalikes are um, being kept, along with Alistair. But there's like a gate. They need to go through a lot to try to get inside. So they come up with a plan um, to have Hannah distract the dogs with puppets, while the rest of them break in and try to see what information they can recover from whatever's inside those gates because it's not right. So the plan goes fairly well. Hannah does well telling the vicious guard dogs a story and when the rest of the S Club get in to where the house is they're kneeling behind a wall to peek over to see what they're doing inside. Um, it's a dance practice, yeah. which Joe's clone isn't really participating in. She doesn't seem to be able to keep up with them, having knowledge now that it's because she like hurt her back in real life. And so they just let her sit out the um, dancing and running scenes. Um but they just kind of played it like she wasn't as coordinated and then they had a joke in world where it was like oh wow they're actually really accurate playing that joe isn't that good at dancing um (laughs) but yes this is when i was like but yeah no they're doing i was just like go go power rangers because like i did the same thing john um ends up sneezing which causes um, them to get chased by the dogs through the maze that they had to go through. Bradley gets bitten on the butt um, to expose his boxers. I noticed that Rachel gets carried a lot in this movie. I thought she had hurt her foot or something because um, John John picks her up in Barcelona and then picks her up at the house as well, like in a carry. So I don't know maybe she's just not a skilled runner <laughs> this can happen or they're just establishing that like she's like the princess of the group or something I don't know sure so Natalie had gotten them like a little vista house <laughs> it's meant to be like this fancy little uh, venue that has a view but it's really like 
akin to a trailer. It has an outdoor shower, a space to sit around, but it's not anything terribly elegant. But this is their home base. So when they retreat there, they have to come up with a plan. They're like, we need more information. They're literally doing the dances and the routines and they're everything. <laughs> so it's they come up with a plan they're going to swap places with some of them they're going to kidnap three of them and replace them with each other so while at what i think is a it's either a photo shoot or a video rehearsal i'm not entirely clear on what it was because they were taking pictures and they were in costume yeah i um, also don't know i thought it was a music video moment but like also I don't know. It seemed very uncoordinated. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know. But they pick off um, Hannah's clone, Rachel's clone, and John's clone um, for them to replace. So they kidnap those clones and replace them with the actual people. So they get taken in to the house area while the clones end up tied up with Bradley, um, Tina, and Joe. They try to question the clones, but they don't seem to know anything and actually ask if this is some kind of test uh, that they're doing. <laughs> and then the Rachel clone asks if she's meant to tie up Bradley afterwards, and Brad's like, I'll, we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's the second like sex joke but, they make. Because like, the first one is when Natalie... They make so many... <gasps> Like, she's like like, giving out, I don't remember what she's looking for, maybe the tickets or something. And she pulls out a. She was handing out various things. Yeah, and she pulls out a thing and she's like, a vibrating egg. Oh, I think I'll I'll, I'll keep that or something like that. And I was like, ah, what was I meant to understand when I was. How old was I when this came out? I don't think. I was 10. they, They would not show that. They, they would not have shown that scene when you I don't remember that scene at all <laughs> it's like when I went and I watched no but they do that like they'll they'll take these things and then they'll cut out the scenes that make it too adult I went back and I watched Robin Hood Men in Tights thinking oh that's such a family friendly movie it's not <laughs> it's really not they made it family friendly for TV <laughs> it's, it's so much crude it's so many dirty jokes in there yep. it's bad yep. um but yeah so i don't think that scene would have made it to like whatever family television channel exactly watched that on (laughs) it was not happening so after the three non-clones leave them tied up for a moment they pretty much come to the conclusion that uh either they're really playing at this or they don't know anything on the other side of it john hannah and rachel are among their clone counterpart eating jello uh, <laughs> yeah this is like two tiny pieces <laughs> and i guess it's nutritionally balanced somehow but john tries to question them like what is up like what what is what is after this the tina clone informs um hannah who asked is it's gonna be rehearsal 
they rehearse every day because performing is what their purpose is. They don't know what hanging out is. And when explained to them, they go into the basics, which is that they are um, they are the S Club 7. They are a band. They perform. <laughs> that is what they do. So they don't know how to relax. That is not a concept that they have been exposed to. It's really unfortunate. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I mean, the ethics of cloning is <laughs> quite quite a topic. Yeah. And also, because they're clones, they have no sense of boundaries as well. There's a... I don't think this is immediately after. Um, but there is a scene where they're expected to shower. And so the yeah. clones get into the shower to shower together SBB I think it's they keep saying yeah shower before breakfast shower before bed yeah of course the the, the non-clones the, I keep calling them non-clones rather than the originals but uh, they don't want to shower together because you know modesty but modesty is a, a learned thing so it's the, the, the I you know <laughs> this brings up you know a little bit of like because they don't have belly buttons no so like I would assume that the rest of their bodies are like Ken and Bob Barbie doll because like they have no use for any other no 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 like, no, no, no no sort of external Thing. No, because I mean I don't understand why they wouldn't have Ken and Barbie doll bodies. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I mean, I think they actually they would have made like a bigger um, stink about it if they had like nothing going on down there. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, but the thing, of course, they would. The thing with the belly button <laughs> is that there's no umbilical cord, so without right. the attachment of the umbilical cord there would have been no formation for the belly button so that's the only difference between them um it, sure. it is it is a classic trope used in clone literature see kyle xy it was a whole thing about the fact <laughs> that he did not have a belly button um they 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 do notice that um uh, afterwards I mean, of course, uh, John makes a comment about uh, having seen, uh, looked at Rachel while she's trying to explain about the fact that they don't have belly buttons. The inverse is when Bradley, original flavor, is showering and Tina is waiting to use the shower, but the, the clones come in because SBB and like just undress and creepily repeat that. <laughs> SBB, SBB, SBB. And I'm like, is this something you normally do? Or are you just extra excited right now? <laughs> like, what's happening? Oh, God. And Brad is, Bradley's all for it, of course, until John enters. And then suddenly it's sick. Right. You know, perpetuating that good early 2000s homophobia. Um, the, the clones generally seem to, I'm referring to the ones in the um in the house not the ones out kidnapped the the clones in the house um don't 
don't necessarily seem to fully recognize that anything is wrong. They become a little iffy when John was refusing to like strip and shower with them um, because they have to report any um, deviances to Alistair, which I don't think they end up doing. So the clones end up settling in, the clones and the originals end up setting, settling in for sleep, Alistair coming to put headphones on their heads um, as they thank him and lie down in their color-coded pajamas, in their color-coded beds, looking at their color-coded screens uh, that tell them about who they are as people. It's sort of it's sort of brainwashing, but not at the same time, not really, because it's informing them about who they are, but also not giving them the whole picture of who they are. It's who who they're the the version of them that is necessary for them to know to execute their purpose, which is singing and dancing. Do you know the Daft Punk when they when they come and they kidnap the aliens and then they brainwash them into being human performers, it's an animated series. It's like from the One More Time yes album like that one yeah yeah I I forgot what the actual because if you watch the whole like series of animated videos it's like one short movie I've forgotten what it's called oh we should do that for the Patreon. Oh, sure. I've never th- conversation for another. Yeah, I've, I've never thought of it. Uh, like, like, yeah, we should totally do that because it's a whole like you right? can you can tell the story. There's no words. Um, it's it it's, it's gonna make me cry. I'm remembering the whole thing now. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the clones and the originals go to a CD signing, and they are. I can see why they would think they're robots because they seem to like flip in between like clone robot aesthetics um, because they're all dressed the same, which yeah. is fine. But they have them moving in sync as well as they sign the CDs. They're not talking to anyone. It's just take the CD, sign, hand back, and then continue the line down. Mm-hmm. Um, where- it feels like default setting yeah whereas like any other sort of um talent and personality dependent things they have a little bit more life in them Mm -hmm. but like they weren't told to do anything at this point it's just like get the thing done Mm -hmm. so it's just like default setting rachel attempts to at while talking with a fan write a note for her to like alert the police about but um, Alistair is clearly watching the signing and can see that they're not acting like the like they're not even trying to act like the others they aren't they are not at all not at any point do these people look like they want to actually infiltrate this place and actually figure out what's going on because like yes they're learning stuff that you know uh, the clones are doing and stuff but like they're not gonna last mm-hmm. <laughs> it was not sustainable the way that they were acting <sighs> but yeah Alistair of course notices he takes the CD replaces it with I guess another signed CD for the young girl 
So when the trio of originals go to excuse themselves to go to the quote-unquote bathroom and are actually trying to escape, Alistair is, of course, ready with goons to capture them and take them away to the castle. Meanwhile, the others are waiting for John and, and Rachel and Hannah originals to meet them in this park area while the clones um, that they're with are out in nature and learning about like they're fascinated by everything because I guess they don't spend time that is not in the house rehearsing eating and then on stage pre pre-scheduled fan signings those kinds of, so they never like go out and do anything that is not scheduled so they yeah. get to see ducks and they're looking up at trees and like they they don't know anything like they know what things are but they don't know anything so it it's very strange yeah. the the simple things like just playing a boomerang playing with a boomerang and having it get stuck yeah. in a tree is fascinating cuz it doesn't come back this is meanwhile joe's singing to herself yeah i never had a dream come true till the day that i found you even though i pretend that i've moved on you'll always be my baby i never found the words to what's to say you're the one i think about each day part of me will always be with you and like I don't know how this song doesn't make sense <laughs> in this context yeah <laughs> um lyrically and I don't know why it's there I know it's there because this is a musical but like they absolutely could have found a different moment and a different song I feel like it's meant to be more for the sake of the clone like they didn't have any song that exactly matched but it's meant to be more for like the clones like experiencing like new things um that they hadn't experienced before and like how they'll form like these lasting memories i feel like that's what they were going for but the song itself doesn't necessarily match to the circumstance yep. they can't change the song they could have written a song for this they could have written a song for this that would still work out of context yeah they, it's possible they could have so it's fine they could have they didn't they really didn't the rachel and hannah clones um after like being stuffed and just rolling around on the ground after eating too much hot dog and drinking too much soda <laughs> are unceremoniously told by Joe that they're clones and they should get over it which is so strange like to, to just get fed this information and Rachel says something akin to like is that why there are gaps like in yeah. their memory like for instance she can walk past like a shoe store or whatever and she gets excited but she doesn't know why and that kind of thing and it's like that's a weird trait to like allow her to have like to still recognize in on some level that she is into shopping but not enough to explain to her that 
she's into the shopping. Mm-hmm. Just enough for her to recognize that this is an exciting place. Why? Don't know. Anyway, walk past. I've forgotten to mention that Joe had th- the reason that they on the outside know that they're clones is because Joe had uh, looked up. I almost said the wizard, the scientist that had. <laughs> My brain was like the wizard. Why not? <laughs> no, looked up who had been purchasing uh, S Club S Club materials because you know they sell anything of any person on the internet, including their underwear. Yes, um, and they managed to find like so the person who had been buying a lot of that stuff was this geneticist who had been fired um, for doing illegal experiments. Once they reveal to the clones that they are in fact clones, um, they're kind of building a sandcastle at the time, so they're trying to encourage them to be like, hey, you need to remember. Like, I know what's fed to you. Um, Like, what you think is the truth, but it's obviously not because you're not like you didn't experience those things what did you experience and they go into their memory and they remember the location of their birth Colorful which is light. this place called Eagle Peak that they had actually ended up um making a um <laughs> replica of in the sand subconsciously John um Rachel and Hannah original flavor are in the hands of Gagan, which is who is the um the scientist they don't actually meet him again they meet um the sexy assistant who comes and takes like their fingernail clippings because they don't know where the other clones are but they don't need them and she says something akin to say your prayers and which makes them realize that once the clones are made they're gonna kill them um <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the Bradley, Tina, and Joe, who are not clones, um, are trying to come up with a plan. Bradley considers the police, but um, Tina is against it because how are you going to explain that in a, in, a, in a castle at, at Eagle Peak there are clones of you that are being held by a, an evil genius who is potentially going to harm clones of the people that are still here she's like I'll see you in the loony bin they're trying to formulate a plan and the clones uh, that are with them are starting to register their emotions they feel they've been tricked they, they've been lied to they're angry and they want revenge and what was the John did a the John clone did a sum up it's like we're angry we want revenge um we feel no fear, and we can kill if necessary. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so while they were initially not wanting to take them, they take them on the assurance that, of course, you know they're on their side. Uh, still, <laughs> meanwhile, the real Hannah, John, and Rachel are trying to escape. I guess um, when they all converge, they end up knocking out actual Bradley with a with a fire hydrant but only just temporarily he gets back up real fast but they're all running they're all trying to escape 
and the originals all end up getting captured by Alistair again. He ties them up on a circular chair, I guess, which they rotate while he's doing his villain speech. Oh, right. Yes, <laughs> this, this bit. I was like, the, the, it, I know it's a gag, like it's just a bit, but I was just like, what is the function of this? <laughs> Why? I mean, I get it also on a, like, they need to have each character facing the scientist, I guess, as they pose their questions or respond in whatever way. But it's just such a weird thing. It's like, and turn. <laughs> I think they're just using their tiptoes to turn the chair constantly. Um, but they actually raise a valid point where he's like, this was for power, X, Y, Z. And they're like, why? if you wanted power, why wouldn't you clone someone like Bill Gates or the president or whatever? And, and he's like, who would you want to see naked waking up in a tube, Britney Spears or Bill Gates? And of course, John and Bradley answer Britney Spears. I'm like, ugh, men. Anyway. Yeah. And also, like, that's not a valid reason. <laughs> like, no. That is fully totally like, not a valid reason. Like, he could have answered, like, with... I mean, he said something akin to, like, music is the future and he's going to control the music. But... There's a lot of power to be wrought in teen girls. Like, they can, like, if you give them enough messages, they will follow you. So, like, they have... I mean, that's like a whole, like, early 2000s, late 90s trope of, like, pop culture is so big and so important and more influential, quote-unquote, than... Mm -hmm. Po- like politics I, I was I mean it's not but that was kind of the perception of like pop culture is incredibly important and it will only grow in its importance and how it like forces people or like it manipulates people into doing this that and the next thing so we have like a bunch of just like movies and stuff from that era that like are like okay and this movie is about you know artists putting subliminal messaging and this movie is about clones i guess who are like you know are the future (laughs) of music and like you're able to control the masses through pop culture because it's that important yeah 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 i don't know it was like a weird little moment in history where they really thought that we could feasibly do this at the moment which was like we don't have that technology but okay go off sis (laughs) (laughs) so while his villain speech is going on the clones have managed to meet up with each other and have told the other clones well the clones that were outside have told the clones that were inside that they are actually clones they're not real people's Alistair clone version is set to kill the band but he is caught by the clone band and he tries to convince them to be like no don't listen to them listen to me like they don't have your best interests at heart they're jealous of you like you're the better version and then tina tina clone reveals that alistair is also a clone in this moment thing that we knew but they didn't know they then push out 
the Alistair clone, rebelling against him to free the S-Clubs. But then they all go to dinner um, in the in the dining... Like, they don't escape. They go to the dining area. Yeah. And for, like... I, I was very confused. I was like, did I miss, like, a significant <laughs> portion of story? Why are yep. they still here? And I understand <laughs> it's because they have to, like, face uh, the, the guy who t- tried to clone them. But anyway, they end up in this dining hall. And oh, it's say, full of can clones. Can I read the, uh, asa- the announcement that's happening above as the scene begins? Yeah. Okay. For lunch today, there's there's meatloaf, broccoli spears, followed by pumpkin pie, limp biscuit, and vanilla fudge, vanilla ice cream, and cream for dessert. Lights out at 10.30 tonight, apart from Marilyn Manson, who wants to sleep with the lights on. The bedtime story will be read by P. Diddy, who will be reading The Little, little Red Riding in the Hood. And I was like... <laughs> They had too much fun writing that specific announcement. <laughs> because, oh, we haven't mentioned, but, like, the dining hall is just full of clones of other celebrities. Yes. I saw, I was trying to, like, pick up, because this is early 2000s, I wouldn't, yeah. like, remember all of this. I was trying to pick out, like, who I recognized immediately. Of course, there was a Michael Jackson clone. Michael I saw Jackson, an Oprah Will clone. Smith, and- Elton the John Will Smith one was so iffy. I mean, the Will I Smith one was just that it was a black just men in black. <laughs> I was just like, it was yeah, just, just a, a black, black guy in the, like, sunglasses, the glasses and a suit. So it's like, oh right, men in black. It was so weak. It was so <gasps> weak. Oh, and apparently there was Victoria Beckham. Posh Spice was there. I also saw the Elton John clone. I do recall. Um. We won't go into and all of them. I think the one that's sitting in between Will Smith and Elton John is meant to be Madonna. Like in her, like, um, tell me other than John, this, that we do. This is around that time, yeah. But uh, yes, they're all like eating in sync as well. But then they begin to stand up against um, the scientist Gagan, um, encouraging them to use their own free will. Um, but he threatens to, like, anyone who disobeys his order is going to be killed. And he goes to make an example of Rachel, but then all of the clones are like, if you want to kill her, you have to go through me, and through me, and through me, and through me. Even though some of them are just saying, they're just kind of echoing each other, like there's no <laughs> force behind it. It's so funny to me. Um, yeah. But yes, so Rachel doesn't end up getting murdered. Um, and they all begin passing the plates down because, you know, this is the point where they're all going to rebel against Gag. And he, like, turns on a self-destruct sequence so that all of the clones will die. Because I guess, you know, didn't work means nothing. Um, they're all rebelling. They have Either like, start from scratch or just give up altogether. They have like three minutes left, and it's, of course, because it's why why is it always three minutes? But you know what? It's three minutes, a song, so they have time enough to sing 
the clones do. <laughs> Who do you think you are? I the whole time during the song, I was just singing four minutes by Madonna and Justin Timberlake and Timberland. I was just like, we only got five minutes to save the world. Yes. And they all get up and they start singing. Ooh, who do you think you are? Do you know for sure? No, no, tell me who, who. Who do you think you are? Do you know for sure? Which is, you said, was written for this movie, which makes sense because they say, like, clones somewhere in the middle of this. Um, something like, if you're a clone, you're never alone. I don't know. <laughs> the Michael Jackson clone. Um knows how to drive a helicopter um, to stop the scientist from escaping when he starts to like climb the rope ladder meanwhile the S Club originals they um, so they stop the self-destruction but uh, Alistair then still tries to kill them afterwards but then is knocked out by the real Alistair who they're all so delighted to see. Um, they kind of have to come to um, the realization that they have just released a bunch of clones into the world. But I think yeah. they say something along the lines of you could just become like tribute artists and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they probably have to. Because clones look nothing like them. <clears throat> so... <laughs> The police arrive, Gagan is arrested, the Alistair clone is arrested, which I mean the Alistair clone is kind of a victim in this too because he didn't really ask to be made, but I guess it's fine. Um, but they're both arrested and they have like a heartfelt exchange with like their clone selves because who knows what they're going to do now. Um, Bradley kisses the Rachel clone, which is weird. Yeah. I mean, Rachel's like, ew, what the fuck? <laughs> He's like, ew, what are you doing? But also, they kind of are, like, not very aware of the world. So it's just a little iffy. Oh, right. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Born yesterday <laughs> trope and all of that. Yeah. They get loaded into a car and are sent off just as the original Alistair is going over all the things that they have to do all of the shows that they have to do and all of the plans and the tour and everything and they're like wait 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 no so they go running after their clones so while the original S Club is lounging on a beach their clones are performing still but real Alistair is in contact with the original S-Club being like they're almost as good as the original and it seems that they have um, a situation in place where they'll be on vacation while the clones perform and then when the clones um, want a vacation they'll swap places and it will be fair but they're the only clones... being paid in boomerangs? question mark? yes yeah also, I don't know who Gareth Gates is. Um, apparently he's from Pop Idol. But that is the person that... Um, the clone of the person that Rachel is seen like together with at the end of the movie. Um, 
when Braddy's like, the clone's all right, huh? Huh, Rach? Right. Which, again, right. it's iffy. It's iffy, mm-hmm. y'all. The movie's then over. Um, there's some bloopers and stuff, but yeah. Yeah. That is the movie. <sighs> I guess we'll just get into the ratings. Um, starting off as we always do with music and choreography. Um, not a whole lot of choreography to speak of except in the rehearsal. Um, even when they're singing, there's not really... There's there's coordinated movement and uh. people dance. <laughs> but <Sorry>. it's not... <laughs> It's not, I will just necessarily call it like intense choreography. You know, like what I mean. Like they're just doing it, a little soft it's choreo. This is sure. Um, it the the it kind of suffers because it doesn't have as many songs. But again, it's the S Club discography, so um. Going based off of that, I enjoyed the songs that were played. There are there are more songs that are played in the background, but they don't necessarily happen in world, so I didn't really pay that much attention to them. Um, I would say for the music and choreography that is there, um, I would give it a three point seven five out of five track suits just because it's it's fine it's there it exists <laughs> that's fair um I like the music obviously I said I'm a fan of s club seven and so yes I would like to say though that they could have easily made this one of those movies where it's like new music so they can sell a new album like they still could have mm-hmm. if they were talking about capitalism <laughs> if that's what you're already playing into they could have like because I know it's an original story so it's probably it's definitely a lot harder to match uh, songs that you already have to like a ridiculous story like this where it's like you know unless you're doing you know like performance bits because like even the songs that do happen in world non-diegetically kinda um they don't make sense and they truly could have yeah i just feel like they could have written like i mean don't stop um moving is like fine where it is because it's just like the guy mm-hmm. likes to dance. Okay, let's dance because we're S Club. That's That makes sense. Um, and I guess who do you think you are? Because, again, written for the movie makes sense. I just feel like you could have written more songs, my guy. Like, you could have added more songs. You could have had more concert moments, more rehearsal moments, more something moments in order to, like, you know, use more of the discography if that's what you wanted. Um, but, yeah. Uh, all of those gripes aside I will give it yeah 3.75 sounds very reasonable to me oh right 3.75 what was it 3.75 tracksuits tracksuits you get to decide what colors they are (laughs) Um, a pink one a yellow one 
a green one and half of a blue one. There we go. Nice. <laughs> um, for uh, story, there was one. Thank goodness. Um, again, yeah. they developed from the previous movie. Uh, I it, it it was a comedy ramp. It, nothing was meant to be taken terribly seriously, but there was a clear through line. They get abandoned. There's a tension, question, rising action, um, and conclusion. It followed the steps. <laughs> um, I think it wasn't. It didn't. It's not gonna like blow your socks off. It's not going to be like. It's it's a fairly simple presence. We get replaced by clones and then have to try to fix it. But for a comedy, simple premises tend to work. So I would say for the storyline, I would give it, um, I give it a, another three point seven five out of five belly buttons. Um, yeah, it's fine. The story's fine. Um. I don't know. It almost felt like nothing happened, but also that it went on too long. I don't know. Something about... Because it, feel, <laughs> it feels like... I don't know. It feels both like nothing happened and it was also very long for some reason. And it probably wasn't even that long. Um, but, yeah. I... This could have been an episode of S Club 7, but it's fine. <laughs> um... <laughs> Like, one of those extended episodes that are just, like, 45 minutes or something, you know? Um, yeah. Either way, I it was a, it was an okay story. I can't give it lower than <laughs> what we gave Spice World, because that would be ridiculous. So, I'm going to give it a 3.5. Okay. <laughs> 3.5 belly buttons. And overall enjoyment, it's fine. It was a fun little romp. Like it's just this this movie is very much uh eh, it was alright. It was it. It happened. Um, yeah. I, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. It's not like I'm so in love with it. Um, it, it's very much too early two thousands humor. Um, early two thousands British humor. Um, which. It's a very specific niche, um, and then it's it's the fuller siblings' humor as well, which is even further. So it's like mm, mm-hmm. it was kind of funny, I guess. Um, so overall enjoyment, I would give. I, it's it's pretty much level across the board for me. So it's three point seven five Jello pieces. Uh, for enjoyment. Um, it happened, you know, and I did watch it. Um, <laughs> enjoy it is a question, you know. Uh, I didn't hate it, like, at all. It's fine. So... <laughs> 
as diplomatically as I can be. Uh, I'm gonna give it. <laughs> I'm gonna give it three. I'm gonna give it three. Uh, three jello pieces. Okay. Yes. Our obsessions. Time for theater news and things we can't stop thinking about. Some announcements of shows and stars and movies. Buckle in, we're coming at you with a few obsessions. Don't stop moving to the club. Don't stop moving to the S club. B. Okay. <laughs> This is a part of the podcast where we talk about things in theater and musicals and stuff that we like or news generally. I don't have a lot. <laughs> I will try and rattle these off as quickly as possible because I don't really have in-depth thoughts about them. Death Drop, the uh, like drag murder mystery show with like Vinegar Strokes, and Raja O'Hara and Willem from RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> uh, is going on tour, and that's cool. It's going on a UK tour, and so you can look that up and find it if you want to. It's a fun idea that I wish I'd seen before I left, but it happened when I left, so sad. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Um, the color purple, the movie is gonna have Corey Hawkins, um, Benny from In the Heights, the movie, um, in it playing something. I don't know, they just revealed that, so I was like, oh, that's cool, like that. The color purple musical movie. Another thing, they just announced who's gonna be playing Annie for the NBC Christmas live show thing. Um, her name is Selena Smith. In this like live show, there's also going to be Nicole Scherzinger as Grace Farwell, and Taraji P. Henson as Miss Hannigan, and Titus Burt Titus Burgess as as Miss Hannigan. Yes. <gasps> <laughs> right. I'm she excited for that. She is going to eat. She is going to. Oh my god. Right. Yeah. She's going We're definitely to chew watching that. that scenery. <laughs> anyway, continue. Um, yeah, and Titus Burgess is going to be playing Rooster. So that's a fun thing. As Also, I just wanted... I, they announced... So Jeremy O'Harris um, had a fake play in Gossip Girl uh, several episodes ago. I think like the third episode or something. And now it's going to be a real play. <laughs> And I'm like, that's kind of cool. Um, I like that for us. Uh, all I remember about that play is that the guy that walked out in the first scene is like covered in, you know, stage blood and naked. <laughs> like, naked. So I'm like, ooh, okay. <laughs> we'll see what happens here. Um, I don't know what the play is meant to be about, but go off. I just thought that would be fun. Um, also, Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be in Slave Play if you're interested in that. And finally, for me, uh, Camille A. Brown has been named director and choreographer of the upcoming 2022 Broadway production of For Colored Girls Who Have Considered Suicide When the Rainbow Is Not 
enough. And I think that's cool. Um, she's choreographed for Once on this, the Once on this Island revival, as well as Choir Boy. So I'm excited about that, whether or not I get to see it, which is probably going to be a not, because, you know, I don't have money to go to New York right now. Also, the World's Song of Hearts, whatever. And um, <laughs> also the poster for the Diana musical um, that's going to be on Netflix soon came out. So you can go and see that. I believe that is everything from me. Okay. Um, for me, I, I remembered something um, while you were talking. But I will go through these. As we know, I am invested in TikTok as a platform. So we have the announcement of a new musical, um, Tinkerbell, the musical. Um, it's written by a musical theater duo on TikTok, Carrie Hills and Hendrix. They tend to do weekly roundup songs uh, in, in a minute, uh, just covering all of the news. Um, but uh, they've been in the musical theater industry. They've written musicals before. Uh, so this is supposed to be Tinkerbell's story. It's set in Victorian England during uh, the scientific revolution. And they have flee. They have flown from Neverland. <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't know much of the plot because this was just announced at the time five days ago so it it's just going to workshops so i guess we will see what is happening with that in the workshop cast we have alice fern courtney bauman who was in both everybody's talking about jamie and six just wanted to add that in also uh on the agenda is Girls Just Wanna Have Fun appears to be a jukebox musical that um, has Maureen Nolan and Nikki Evans from X Factor, uh, Stephanie Dooley, and Just Right, as well as Leanne Jones. It's meant to be a night out kind of party thing. It's a tour. So that starts from the 9th of September until I think November so there's opportunity to go and see it if you were in the UK and interested in what they're calling sex diets men fashion chocolate wine and more wine uh, a riotous script that promises to be the girls night out to remember this sounds like an advertisement I know I'm not personally invested in this they have not sponsored us so um <laughs> uh, but the thing I remembered uh, is something I saw earlier this week, um, which is, so you know how we did Devil's Carnival? So Emily Autumn, who was the doll, um, the broken doll uh, character, this is from years and years ago, but uh, she had uh, done a musical uh, written a musical I think there's also a book that she wrote related to the musical um, called the the asylum for wayward Victorian girls I saw a performance of her and Adam Pascal doing nothing from that 
album of hers. I'm very invested. I have no idea what the plot is, but I am invested in those in that song and those characters. And that is all. <laughs> Actually, while you were talking, I remembered something as well. Bridgerton is getting their concept album coming out soon, so look out for that September 10th, apparently. Darren Chris has an EP out, and my favorite song so far is I Can't Dance. It's just, it's it's fun. I like it. Um, yeah, and that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for listening. Um, if you would like to find us on social media, we are TMMTMM Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. We have a Tumblr, tell me more, tell me more podcast.tumblr.com. You can email us like someone did with these press releases for Girls Just Want to Have Fun and the Tinkerbell musical. Uh, you can email us at tell me more, tell me more podcast at gmail.com. And we also have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash TMM, TMM podcast, where we have bonus content for songs that we love from each of the musicals that we cover we have playlists on our spotify so if you go to tmm tmm podcast the profile you will find four playlists for each year that this this podcast has existed and um yeah and then it's just like all our favorite songs and stuff so go check that out and if all of those links seem a little bit overwhelming to you, just go to our Instagram or our Twitter, and all of those links are in a very comprehensible list. Anyways, again, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you. Oh, oh, we're changing themes. I forgot. Yes, we'll <laughs> catch you next month, September, psychedelic 70s September. Let's get it. Okay. For the podcast, tell me more time about the podcast. I am your host, Leah, or have been. I have and... been your host, Leah. <laughs> and I have been your host, Adicia. Bye. Bye.